Discover FX's Shogun, the official podcast available now. Every legend begins with a story. Listen and explore episode by episode the story of war, passion, and power set in feudal Japan. Join host Emily Yoshida each week with the creators, cast, and crew in this exclusive companion podcast. They dive deep into the twists and turns of the plot, go behind the scenes, and explore the real-life history that informed the limited series based on James Clavell's best-selling novel. Search FX's Shogun wherever you listen to podcasts. Tax season is approaching, bringing potential extra cash your way. Rather than spending it all on an expensive deal filled with yada yada from your current wireless plan, consider switching to Metro by T-Mobile for no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada you don't take yada yada in life don't take yada yada from your wireless provider metro by t-mobile has no contracts no credit checks no surprises and nada yada yada stop by one of over six thousand metro stores nationwide this episode is brought to you by alienware during dell tech fest score game-changing innovations with limited time deals on select next-gen alienware gaming tech new dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the alienware m18 laptop powered by an intel core i9 processor featuring awe-inspiring visuals liquid cooling three-dimensional audio with dolby atmos and impressive overclocking potential your dream setup amazing prices and free shipping await you for a limited time only at alienware Deals. That's alienware.com slash deals. Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of. One that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Well, we have been uh, spending some of our time with our classics going into political intrigue, going into true crime. This time, we wanted to go a little further off the map and talk about ghosts. Talk about specifically the ghost of one Teresita Bassa. This one always still fascinated me. Do you guys remember this one? I do. And I, too, have always been fascinated by the idea of vengeful ghosts, whether they're avenging a loved one or their own murder. Yeah, especially considering this led to real consequences. This, like, possible possession led to something real, actual action on the ground, like legal stuff. Because as the uh, exorcist says, possession is nine-tenths of the law. Oh, Sorry, God. no, you you heard just, me just play it. use that one just, off air. I know. I loved it then, <laughs> and I loved it now. Roll that beautiful bean footage. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. Hi, I'm Noel. And I'm Ben. You are you. And if you are listening to this show, then hopefully you are not Teresita Bassa. We'll get to it. Today we're going to talk about 
crime. Every once in a while, we do a show about uh, criminal behavior, whether that's financial corruption, whether that's a grisly series of unsolved murders. Um, but we're talking today not about a type of crime, but a very specific crime, a tale of murder and, on some level, justice. Perhaps justice from beyond the grave, grave. Matt, how many times do I have to tell you I can do that in post? <laughs> you don't have to do your own effects. I know. I just like it. So our story begins in Chicago, 1977, with a 47-year-old respiratory therapist named Teresita Bassa. Now, now she was from the Philippines. She was uh, well-regarded by her neighbors. Her, her neighbors liked her. She was fluent in Tagalog. And she was employed at a place called the Edgewater Hospital in Chicago, which is at this time closed. On February 21st, 1977, firefighters arrived at Teresita's home, uh, which was apartment 15B on the 15th floor of 2740 North Pine Grove Avenue, where they discovered her corpse. Her corpse had been burned and likely defiled. A kitchen knife protruded. From her chest, it was uh, one of the knives that she had owned while she was alive. Someone had thrown a mattress on top of her and, you know, attempted to burn the evidence. As homicides go, this case was particularly horrific. There were no leads. And after a few months, the case went cold. And while this is unfortunate, it's also disturbingly common. You know, guys, let's pause for a second from this story and and take a look at some of the statistics involving homicides so we can... Get a better, get a better grasp of this. One of the things that we'll find when we look at statistics for murders, you know, identified homicides is that there are a lot of qualifications and members of the same government sometimes don't always agree on the numbers. For example, the Bureau of Justice, which is an arm of the Department of Justice here in the U.S., has a nuanced definition, very precise definition of homicide. And that would include murder and non-negligent manslaughter, which is the willful killing of one human being by another. Right. But uh, the data is based solely on police investigation as opposed to the determination of a court or a medical examiner, a coroner, or another judicial body. So if there's a suspect death and then there's a trial later and they say, and the cops didn't think it was murder, but a jury does rule something that says that, then it still doesn't count. So it also excludes some deaths. And some of those are um, deaths caused by negligence, suicide, or accident, uh, justifiable homicide. Seems like a misnomer since it actually has the word homicide in it, but I digress. And attempts of murder. Right. And justifiable Which carries its own yeah, charge. Yeah. And justifiable homicides are based on law enforcement agency reports. And that's a whole mm-hmm. nother episode. Uh, interesting side note here. Deaths from the terrorist attacks on September 11th, 2001 are specifically not included in the analyses. And that's a that's just an example of the sort of definition that we'll look at here. But. Good news, because according to not just the Bureau of Justice, but also to other reporting agencies, uh, despite what you might hear on your local mainstream news uh, and all the the terrible things you'll hear on the radio, it turns out that murder is actually declining. Yeah, that is an extremely surprising thing to hear 
uh, especially after these past couple of weeks of uh, the two conventions for our primary parties. There's a lot of scare scare stuff going on, right? Mm-hmm. And then you look at the actual statistics and you see that the homicide rate in the U.S. has declined by nearly half, 49%, from 9.3 homicides per 100,000 residents in 1992 to 47 out of 100,000 in 2011. That's the lowest level since 1963. Mm-hmm. But as we said, not all of the sources will Agree. So if we look to the FBI, we find uh, their handy book, Crime in the United States. And uh, they, they found some interesting numbers from 2014. Yeah, they found that there were an estimated 1,165,383 violent crimes, uh, which would um, consist of murder and non-negligent homicides, rapes, robberies, and aggravated assaults. These statistics were called from various law enforcement agencies. Right. And that's, that's pulling in a whole lot of... Different crimes, right? Um, Mm. So, yeah, like you said, Ben, when looking at these different sources that are trying to keep good statistics on all of this stuff and good numbers, it it gets muddy. Yeah, but but there's more here. Uh, Many of these homicides that occur do go unsolved. Sadly, uh, we've got a great quote uh, from a 2015 article in The Economist on this. America's homicide clearance rate, the percentage of solved crimes that lead to arrest, has fallen considerably in the past 50 years from around 90% in 1965 to around 64% in 2012, according to federal statistics. This means more than 211,000 homicides committed since 1980 remain unsolved. Every year introduces nearly 5,000 more. So journey back with us, ladies and gentlemen, to Chicago in 1977. According to the sources you check, whether it's uh, maybe a compilation from the Tribune or a municipal compilation, you'll find that there were between 823 to 1109 documented homicides in the city in that year alone. Uh, Teresita Bassa was by all accounts set to remain a tragically unsolved crime, at least that is, until her ghost returned and hunted down her murderer. But first, a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Backblaze. So I'm a video editor. You guys know that. I have a ton of huge files that I have to store, and I'm constantly moving them around with backups, making sure that I've got, you know, two or three versions of every single file that I have. And you got them on your machine. We also have them on our server, which is on-site, but sometimes you need an off-site backup of the backup just to make sure that you don't lose those crucial original Files. Yeah, if if F Society comes in here and, you know, wreaks havoc, we got to have it somewhere else. So, Noel, what about an unlimited native backup solution for Mac and PC? How's that sound? That sounds like just the ticket, and it is exactly what this company, Backblaze, offers. Yeah, that's right. With Backblaze, you can have access to all the backed-up data that you wish with iOS and Android apps. 
Oh, do you want to restore by mail? Perfect. You can purchase a hard drive with all your data overnight at with FedEx. Uh, do you prefer a web restore for quick downloads? Sure, you can do that anywhere with an internet connection. You can return a restore by mail drive within 30 days for a full refund if that doesn't work. And, and a lot of people are using this service already. There are 200 petabytes of data total stored by Backblaze. You can be part of it and there's no limit to how much you can put in. And it's quite the deal. Just five bucks a month gives you unlimited, unthrottled, high speed streaming of your files from this offsite backup. Plus, if you're a developer and you need archives, you can check out Backblaze B2, Backblaze's cloud storage for just half a penny per gig per month. Now, there's no credit card required if you want to try out the 15 day trial. You can go to backblaze.com slash conspiracy to check this out and go ahead and get it started. It's simple. Why don't you try it out? Just head on over to backblaze.com slash conspiracy and let them know uh, that uh, you came from us. So we left you with a bit of a cliffhanger there. <laughs> we mentioned that possibly the ghost of Teresita Bassa came back from the grave and got a little revenge. Uh, according to the story, several months after the murder, uh, the detective, Joe Statula, he received a lead from the Evanston Police Department nearby, and they instructed him to contact Dr. Jose Chua. Uh, seems random on, on the detective's end, like, okay, I guess we'll go see this person. Well... Apparently, Jose Chua's wife, Remibios, Remy Chua, claimed to be possessed by Teresita Bossa's spirit. Uh, that's, that's a weird call to get, right? Sitting in the police department. <laughs> hey, you need to go talk to this lady. She's possessed by the spirit of your victim. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All oh, my friends love it. I love that it's kid-safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. 
Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. So according to Dr. Chua, his wife had actually begun entering into these trances, these trance states. And while she was in them, she would speak and claim to be the ghost of Teresita Basso. Yeah, according to the original Chicago Tribune stories that were written about this, he, he goes into detail about uh, laying on the bed and just speaking. And he was he would just go up to her and I mean, you can imagine going, what are you doing as a doctor? Like you're going to be skeptical, right? What is happening to my wife? Right. That's, that's a reasonable thing. That's an assumption most of us would make. We do not naturally live in horror movies. <laughs> so Dr. Chua's wife or arguably the ghost of Teresita Bassa named the murderer, gave a name to this murderer. And that name was Alan Showery or Showery. And the doctor Still, you know, of course, was not convinced. These were not very specific things. Uh, so he still cautiously looked into it. And turns out, according to the story, there was an Alan Shorey in Chicago. He was also an employee at Edgewater Hospital. And it seemed that he had visited Teresita's home on the pretense of uh, repairing either a television set or an electrical problem. Additionally, the voice claimed that Showery had taken jewelry from the uh, deceased and given it to his girlfriend. Uh, the jewelry, the voice continued, could be identified by several individuals, and it named those individuals. Despite the extraordinarily unorthodox nature of the lead, detectives found, yeah, there really was this Alan Showery yeah, working he, there. He's an orderly. Mm-hmm. He was a 32-year-old orderly, so they visited his home, and they found that he did have a girlfriend, and he lived with her. And upon investigation, they found Bassa's jewelry in the possession of this girlfriend. So Alan Showery was arrested on August 11th. So initially, Showery confessed, but then he recanted his confession, saying he was coerced into confessing because of police threats to jail his pregnant common-law wife as an accessory. And this means that the first attempt at conviction ended in a mistrial. But eventually, he was convicted, and he was sentenced to, I think, 14 years for the murder itself, and then a couple other consecutive sentences of four years for the murder, arson, and robbery. It was It was nearly 20 years altogether. Right, he served less than five of that and was released in 1983, which means, Mr. Shorey, you may well be listening to this podcast today. And if you are, I would love some clarity on this because everything we've researched on this, you know, it's, it's images of papers from the 1970s, it's people in the 1990s talking about the unsolved mysteries, you know, uh, movie that came out. There was an unsolved mysteries movie. They came out about this case. Uh, we'd love to hear directly from you if you're listening. 
a case of possession, if that is the story is true. Uh, as Matt mentioned earlier, the original reports come from the Chicago Re- Tribune, which is, uh, which is a respected paper, but the story itself has several holes. First, Remedio Chua was also an employee at the hospital and may have used the claim of possession as sort of a safety net to bring Shaori to justice. Um, this is a biggie because it's very, very plausible that Chua had other information that was not made available to Law enforcement. Through official channels. Exactly. Right. Yeah. She also, though, like Teresita, spoke Tagalog. And, and this, this to me is fairly plausible. This idea that somehow or another, Miss Chua had information about what had happened. Maybe she had been speaking, um, with Miss Bassa about who knows whatever was going on between the two, Alan Shari and Teresita Bassa, and knew something that she wanted to get justice, but she didn't know how to do it, and she was afraid, maybe, of this guy. I, I'm, this makes a lot of sense. Uh, not that I am poo-pooing the idea that she was actually possessed. I don't know. I have no evidence either way of this. But that makes sense to me. And there's also another option here, that the police may have assisted in fabricating this story, or at least played along with it, in order to obtain what they needed to to make the arrest. Mm-hmm. So in the case of catching a murderer, could we blame them for bending the circumstances a bit? Because it is quite possible, unfortunately, in the legal system, it's quite possible to have inadmissible proof that someone committed a crime and because the proof is inadmissible, be unable to uh, prosecute them or bring justice for the family, right? Or yeah, for the knowing victims. for sure, but you can't do anything. And this goes into a, a larger concept here, too. Psychic powers applied to law enforcement. It, in itself, it's problematic because we've always seen the tropes. We've always heard the stories of um, claimed success, right, where there's a cold case and often something grisly if it's fiction, like a child murderer or whatnot, and a medium or a psychic is able to, based on their impressions, arrive at information that could not be found any other way. But are they doing this, or are they just confirming stuff investigators already knew but was somehow inadmissible, you know? Yeah. In the case of Teresita Bassett, it does seem that justice was ultimately served. Uh, The killer was legally convicted. We can call him a killer. Uh, But was this by... A ghost, or was this by bending the rules of an investigation, a la, you know, the uh, the Shield or the Wire or any of those other crime shows? Yeah, um, it, it feels like a slippery slope to me. I, I haven't heard. I can't think in my head of a case that used a psychic to get a conviction in the recent past, and maybe that's just because I'm not looking for it. You know, I haven't seen it pop up on any of my news threads that I subscribe to. Mm-hmm. Perhaps that's it. Um, I can't imagine that it's ha- happening with much frequency. That's an excellent point. And this brings us to another thing. Uh, for those of you listening who are involved in law enforcement, I, I'd like to hear your, your thoughts on this. Uh, there's a phenomenon that I've heard occurs, which is that sometimes when a crime or the hunt for a criminal gets too much recognition in the public, precincts become inundated 
with people who are alleging that they have inside knowledge of it or mm-hmm. that they committed the crime or that they have received information about the crime in a dream mm-hmm. or in a trance or some spiritual revelation. And this, you know, this is depicted sometimes in fiction, but it does actually happen, maybe not all that often, but it has happened. So we'd love to hear some real stories about those kind of experiences. And most importantly, of course, if uh, there was something you couldn't explain, if somebody really mm-hmm. did have something that seemed to be ESP that assisted in the cracking of a case, and it doesn't have to be homicide, of course, uh, it could be, you know, stolen goods. Yeah, anything. Or if you you worked with a psychic or a medium and nothing came of it or the information was wrong. I, I'd love to hear either way. And of course, every time that we ask for uh, the best part of this show, which is your stories, your emails, your ideas for future topics, we like to show and prove that it's not all just a, a bunch of malarkey, which means it's almost time for Shout Out Corner. But first, a teeny tiny little sponsor break. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. (laughs) I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All my friends love it. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club.
today's first shout out goes to Ned Kelly's Revenge from Twitter. Just listen to your political conspiracy episode, and half of that episode is now fact. You guys have to be psychic or Nostradamus 2.0 or something. This I love this uh, this tweet because it's shortened all of the letters. It's letters and numbers and not actual words for most of it because you had to shorten it. I, I love it. Yeah, thanks so much for uh, writing to us on Twitter. I, you know, that I was initially hesitant about that one because uh, talking about politics on the internet, which I would count a podcast as as well, can so quickly become incredibly unproductive. So uh, I, I, for one, am really glad that you found it worth your time. And thanks so much for checking out the show. The next shout out goes to Alex Willits, who wrote to us on Facebook. Uh, Alex wants us to cover some more unsolved crime topics. He's interested specifically in Cropsey, which isn't really an unsolved crime topic. It's, it's a legend. It's an urban legend, but it's still fascinating. Yeah. There's a, there's a great documentary on Cropsey, um, that I, I think one of you guys may have turned me on to, but, uh, how, how great your timing is, Alex. Uh, we hope that you enjoyed today's episode on Terracita. And our last shout out for this episode comes from Christopher Rogers, who says, can you delve into the topic of water? The local and state governments make farmers in my region pay tax on the water that falls into their dams and creeks. The bloody state housing authority has stopped installing rainwater tanks onto state housing because rainwater is dangerous. Why does it seem like someone wants control over the water supply? And what authority do they have to make me pay for this stuff when it falls from the sky? You know, that's a question we've heard before, and it's mm-hmm. still a good one. Christopher's from Australia. I don't know exactly what region he's from, but that is fascinating, and he wants us to cover water. I'm down. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a great idea. We did an earlier series on water wars, and we also looked at contamination there in Flint, Michigan. So this concludes our... We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want to learn more about the case of Teresita Bassa, head on over to archives.chicagotribune.com and you can do a search for Teresita Bassa. You can do a search for some of the dates that we talked about in the episode and you can find copies of the actual original reports, the physical papers that came out in the 70s, 80s and 90s and really kind of follow the paper trail, which is what we did to make this episode. I would say it's exciting and it really gets your mind going. You can find an article from 2000 in the Weekly World News, which is something our coworker Josh Clark has talked about before a publication about some of the um, less than reputable things you'll find in that publication. But in this story, it talks specifically about about Remy Chua's actions while she was at work. Uh, and, you know, take them with a grain of salt if you want. But it talks about how she would sit at the same place at the lunch table where, where everyone would gather to have lunch there at the hospital. She would sit in the same place that Teresita Bossa used to sit. And she would sing quietly to herself the way Miss Bossa would do. And this was all leading up to the stories of, that her husband was giving about her going into trances on their bed at home. And, you know, it's fascinating to read this stuff. It reads like a Hollywood film. And, you know, perhaps there's a reason for that. Or perhaps it's true and it's just hard to imagine. And I would want to also ask for uh, people to don't don't feel like you can't write to us just because you're not uh, you're not a member of 
law enforcement, people run into allegations of psychic activity all the time. And many of us listening or even creating shows like this or investigations like this do so because we have found things that we cannot at this point explain. And it may be just as presumptuous to make the mistakes a lot of people who, I guess, confuse themselves for skeptics make by uh, automatically saying that, you know, something is because something is strange or currently inexplicable, that it's automatically bunk with this with this case. There's not any there's not any case I could find in my research of Teresita Bassa um, or excuse me, Remy Chua being investigated or tested for any kind of extrasensory perception or so on. And the truth of the matter is that had that testing occurred and produced some sort of statistically significant result, then we probably would have heard of it. And you probably would have heard of this case before. Still, ultimately, and this is only my opinion here, the most important thing is that the killer was apprehended and finding the real murderer instead of someone who's falsely convicted or instead of just someone who gets away is, is something that is, um, extremely important. And I'm not, you know, at all condoning bending the rules of the law, although I'm sure statistically that happens as well. You know, Ben, I, I can't agree with you more. And I, to kind of give some context with this case, I'm going to read a quote that comes from the Chicago Tribune. It says, we asked Detective Statula, who broke the case, if he believed the Chua's. He said, quote, I would not call anyone a liar. If they had said they heard a voice from God, I would listen. It would be wrong for me to cut off an informant. I talked to pimps, prostitutes, drug addicts in the Belmont area. Dr. and Mrs. Chua are educated, intelligent people who live in a $90,000 house. It's a distinct change for me. I wanted information on this murder. I listened and acted on what they told me. We went after Alan Showery. The case was wrapped up within three hours. End quote. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. We would like to hear your stories. If you have similar stories of experiences like this in law enforcement or not in law enforcement, uh, in any kind of forensic investigation, uh, and maybe any uh, thing you encountered that you thought was just beyond the bounds of rational explanation. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook where we are Conspiracy Stuff. You can find us on Instagram where we are Conspiracy Stuff Show. You can also find every other audio podcast we have ever done in the history of Stuff They Don't Want You To Know on, you guessed it, StuffTheyDon'tWantYouToKnow.com. I had to take a breath before that one. <laughs> And that's the end of this classic episode. If you have any thoughts or questions about this episode, you can get into contact with us in a number of different ways. One of the best is to give us a call. Our number is 1-833-STDWYTK. If you don't want to do that, you can send us a good old-fashioned email. We are conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You To Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media. But now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. 
Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. 